Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Wrong concept. In fact, the Spirit always subject to me hear these crazy stories people i'm in a grocery store and i'm speaking in tongues what is wrong with you now today we got so many languages they probably think you're from paraguay or something i don't know whatever but you're doing it and you know they're wrong and here's what they'll say to you they were taught this that when that happens you're out of control you can't stop it that is 100 percent wrong the spirit is always subject to me i will or i will not Some people think of God as a cosmic puppet master and his followers are subject to his every whim. Some people have the same view of the working of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christ follower, especially in regards to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that God doesn't force himself on anyone. You'll learn about the use of the gifts of the Spirit and how to know when it's appropriate to use them. You'll also find out about, amazingly, your ability to control the work of the Spirit in your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, as he continues his message, Tongues and Prophecy. Corinthians chapter 12, verse 30. Here's a second kind of gift. Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? It's fairly easy to answer that. The obvious answer is what? No, of course not. But what is Paul talking about? He's talking about the public gift of tongues and the public gift of interpreting those tongues. Now, here, the language is unknown both to the speaker and the listener. So in a church, this is what was happening in court. People were getting up and speaking in tongues. And there was no interpreter. The language they didn't know, and the people didn't know. Hello. Please buckle your seat. Did they say something? It's useless. So this is a public use of the gift, which required another spiritual gift, the gift of interpretation. Only a few people, can I say it that way? A minority of people have that gift. So write this down. Public use of tongues, small group setting, not this kind of a setting, an afterglow of all believers, a home group of all believers, public use of tongues. Only a minority of believers have this gift. And then you either have to pray for God to interpret it, Or pray for somebody else to have the gift of interpretation. Again, the minority. And the reason I'm saying minority is you'll see later. So this is a language unknown to the speaker and unknown to the hearer. It's supernatural from God on both parts. Now, what would this be? Would this be a message 
to the church or would this be a praising and a message to God? It'd be a praising to God. Tongues are only to praise God. It's not for man. It's to praise God. Just as on the day of Pentecost. They heard the 120 speaking and doing what? Speaking the praises of God. It was to God to praise him. Now, let's see what's next. Look at chapter 14, verse 18. This is Paul speaking in the Bible. Paul, the most prolific writer of the scripture. Probably for us, the most spiritual man we know other than Jesus in the scripture. And look at verse 18. We'll cut more of this later. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. He might have been from the South. More than y'all, he said. So here, the gift of tongues spoken are also unknown. But this is a private, devotional use of tongues that's available to all. This is the misunderstanding that we have. Here it is. Private, third type. Private, not understood by the person speaking. Private, devotional use of tongues. Every single believer can have this gift. Not the one that's experienced publicly in a service where there needs to be an interpreter. That's, do all have the gift? No, they do not all have the gift. This, what does Paul say? I wish that you, how many? Tell me. All. What what does all mean? So he says to the Corinthian church, I wish every single one of you had the private use of speaking to God through tongues. A tongue you don't know, and you'll seek the use of it. So that is the balance. Those are the three kinds. Now, look at chapter 14, verse 4. Let me just say this. Anybody here ever need to be built up and encouraged spiritually? Anybody here? Two or three of you? For those of you that this is all new tonight, you're going, I don't think I want to go where you're going here. Just relax. Just relax. By the way, unless you're teachable, you'll miss out on a lot of things of God. Nobody has it all right, by the way. I'm going to come to a passage later. I wish I had given it to somebody else to teach and not me. Because I simply don't know the really understanding. I've never seen anybody come up with a real understanding. But we can know enough of what God's given us, right? So all of us need to be encouraged from time to time. So look what Paul says. Verse 4. He who speaks in a tongue, again, this is going to be the private use. He who speaks in a tongue edifies who? Himself. But he who prophesies edifies, builds up the what? The church. Now, that should be understanding too. When we pray in tongues, we are spiritually edified and strengthened. This is the only gift that isn't for the whole church. It's for the individual. So, the use of the private gift builds us up, stirs us up, cheers us up spiritually. Who wouldn't want that gift? Everybody would want that gift. So, here's what I want you to write. The private use of tongues builds up. The believer. Very often, before I walk up to speak, I'm praying in a prayer language. You can't hear me. You couldn't hear me if the mic was on because I'm praying in my spirit to God. Now, why would I do that before I stand up to preach? Because I know it's spiritual warfare the moment I stand. 
I know there's people that will be confused, and this God helps me clarify things, especially on a topic like this, because it's like a hot topic that nobody wants to even address. So I need to be encouraged. I need to be built up. And I'm just praising God. I'm just saying, God, I'm using this language that you bless me with, and I need you to build me up before I speak. And so it, it's not just for pastors. It's, it's all Paul says, it, it edifies, it, it builds us up, it strengthens, it encourages. Anybody in their right mind would want to use that gift. Because I just ask you, I should have counted. How many need to be built up in your life? Oh, yeah, my hand up. Yeah, yeah, there we go. How many want, want to use the gift of tongues to be built up in my life? <laughs> Am I right? Okay. Now, as you begin thinking about this, Paul goes on. Look what he says. In verses 15 to 19, and I'll start with 14 and then just move on. It's kind of when and when not to use the gift of tongues. Verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, Paul says this, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So Paul says, when I'm using my private prayer language, nobody knows I'm doing it. I'm not drawing attention to myself. It's something I'm doing privately. It helps me to pray. Not only edifies me, but it helps me to pray. So the second thing you want to write is this. The private use of tongues helps the believer to pray. Now that sounds strange to us. Because when I pray, I say the words. This is what I'm praying for. I don't understand the words. So let's look back at the scripture because Paul also communicates the meaning of this. So keep your finger right where you're at. Let's go back to Romans chapter 8. Many of us miss this when we came through it, but it's very clear. What happens when we pray in tongues? It communicates with God on a spiritual level. It bypasses our understanding. Our understanding does not benefit because our spirit is praying in a language that goes past my mind. Now look what Paul says in Romans 8. Look at down at verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in according with God's will. Now notice something very important. Look at the first part. In the same way, the Spirit himself, most languages will say, the Spirit, here it is, but the Spirit himself. What is that? That's a picture of the person of the Holy Spirit. There's another one of those great things biblical writers reveal to us. The Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not an it. But the person of the Holy Spirit is interceding for us. We see all the way that from the beginning. Now, let's be honest. In our lives, there's times when you and I just don't know how to pray. We're in a situation. We don't know how to pray for this person in need. You're in a situation and there's a huge problem in your life. You don't know how to pray. What we learn, we ask God for wisdom. And sometimes it's going to bypass my mind. I'm just not going to have the wisdom. So I can't put into words... That which I want to pray, because I'm not sure what to really pray for. I'm stymied. The reason I say that is, what is the will of God in this situation? What does God really want? Now, I have a problem with the will of God, because I have my own will. Anybody here have your own will? And so, this passage, I believe, speaks both. 
If you've ever been in a difficult situation, there's times when you, instead of praying, you can't put it, you just groan. God help me. I don't know what, anybody ever been there? It's a disaster. It's a surgery. It's what, God, and we groan, and the Spirit groans with us. That could be in the natural, without the gift of that private use of tongues. But there's other times that we pray in a language, and we don't know. But I think it's beautiful, because I want you to see this. Paul reminds us that one of the most common areas that we struggle with in praying, this is the most common question people have ever asked me since I've been in ministry. Here's the question, the number one question people ask me. What is the will of God for me? It's common for all of us. So Paul reminds us that when we pray in tongues, we pray spirit-directed prayers. We can be assured we're praying God's will because my mind isn't engaged. I have nothing to do with it. We can be assured of an answer because we know the spirit is praying through us. And the spirit is always going to pray for the will of God for me. So would you write it like this? Makes sense to you. The Holy Spirit directs our prayers according to the perfect will of God. So it bypasses my mind. It bypasses my selfishness. Here's what I want, God. And so there's times that I just say, God, I really don't know what to do in this situation. I don't know how to address this need, this situation, this person. So praying in the Spirit includes both praying with one's mind. We're not talking about mindless prayer. Of course we're going to pray with our mind. Jesus told us how to. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive those that trespass against it. We say those prayers. It's with our mind. But also, we can pray with our spirit. So go back to verse chapter 14, verse 15. So look what Paul says. This is huge for us, especially for those of you that this is strange or new, or maybe you've been taught against all the gifts of the spirit, the gifts of healing or whatever. So look what Paul says. So what shall I do? In your Bible, circle these next two words. I will. I will pray with my spirit. But now, watch the balance. But I will also pray with my what? My mind. I will sing with my spirit, but also sing with my mind. So there's such a thing as singing in the spirit and singing with your mind. Singing in the spirit, you're just praising God. You, you don't know the words. Uh, hopefully, you're on tune better than you are with your mind. Who knows? So, the reason I ask you to circle the I will, I want you to write this down. This is huge for us. I will pray with my spirit. What does that mean? It's a choice. Paul says, what should I do? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with my mind, things I understand. I'm going to pray with my spirit, things that I really don't understand. I will pray both. Do you see the balance? Both. Now, why is he saying balance? Because the church was unbalanced. People are singing, praying, unbelievers are there, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of languages. Meant well, total confusion, chaos in the church. No, I'll pray with my mind. I pray with my spirit. Now, why the words I will? When people think of speaking in tongues, they think that God will come and take them over. And pretty soon, you're speaking in tongues. And you have no control. God just takes you over. There's your tongue. There it goes. Wrong concept. In fact, the spirit all is subject to me. Hearing these crazy stories, people. I'm in a grocery store. And I'm speaking in tongues. What is wrong with you? Now, today we got so many languages. They probably think you're from Paraguay or something. I don't know. Whatever. 
but you're doing it and you know they're wrong. And here's what they'll say to you. They were taught this, that when that happens, you're out of control. You can't stop it. That is 100% wrong. The spirit is always subject to me. I will or I will not. Does it make sense to you? Then why don't more people desire this gift? Number one, because they thought it was out of bounds, weird. If the most prolific writer in the Bible says, I speak with tongues more than you know, why would you call that weird? No, it's a gift. It's a wonderful gift. And you're seeing, it builds me up. Number two, it helps me pray. And there's another one coming. So what does it mean, I will? It just means that in your quiet time, you're just going to ask God, God, I want that gift. Now, if you say, God, if you want the gift, just overtake me and make me speak in tongues. It will never happen. Because it's your mouth with the Spirit giving you the ability to do it. And you just do it privately. When I was in pharmacy school, I had a wonderful friend, Zach. He was in my pharmacy program with me. And he was a Methodist. And we had a lot of good talks. We were in InterVarsity, and I taught in InterVarsity in college and stuff. And one morning he came to me, and he said, uh, I prayed by my bed last night for God just to fill me with the Spirit and do whatever he wanted. And he says, I started praying these things that I didn't know what I was praying. Did I lose my mind or what? I said, no, you just were filled with the Spirit. He said, really? He didn't even know. What do you think happened on the day of Pentecost? 120 in upper room, they're expecting what? To be filled. Are they waiting for the wind to come through? Did Jesus say, wait for the wind to come through? No. Did he say, what's that fire like on top? You got a fire in you. Well, you too. Did Jesus say, wait for the fire to come on your head? Did Jesus say, you'll know you'll be filled when you start speaking to other tongues? Huh? No, they didn't know anything. They just submitted themselves, and the Spirit gave them the ability to speak. So I'm going to challenge you in your private time, if you want that wonderful gift, just pray for it. But again, we're going to use it in balance. We're not out of focus here. You don't see anything out of focus in our church. We're not weird. We would never be that way because it detracts from God. It is just one blessing of many blessings. Now, let me just say to you, when you look at Acts 2.4, it says this, all of them were filled, just listen, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. He just helps you with faith. He isn't taking your tongue, and you, you used to have these people just say, you know, Jesus love you five times really fast, and you'll speak in tongues. That's foolishness. And I believe when you speak, you will speak, okay? So he doesn't take over our tongues. He enables us. It's available to every single person that wants the gift and believes in the gift. Now, look at verse 15. Again, What shall I do? I will pray with my spirit. I will pray also with my mind. I will sing with my spirit. But I will also sing with my mind. Notice Paul uses tongues privately for not only praying, but again, singing and praising God. Now verse 16. Here's where he corrects the church. Now if you're praising God with your spirit, again, tongues is to God, not to man. If you're praising God with your spirit, how can one who finds himself among those who do not understand say, Amen, to your thanksgiving, since he does not know what you are saying? You may be giving thanks well enough, 
i.e. to God, but the other man is not edified or strengthened. So notice, praising God and giving thanks. That's another part of the gift. I'm not only built up, but I can pray to God when I need to know the will of God. I just don't know what to pray. But I can also praise God and give thanks to God. I just don't know how to put it in words, and I just use it. So the function is to communicate with God and not with man. Let me show you what Paul is saying. I think this will make sense to you. I'm going to make a statement. And if you agree with this statement, when I'm done, I want you to say, Amen. If you believe this is true, I want you to say amen. God is a good, faithful God. Okay, wonderful. Now, what's Paul saying? Unless somebody has the gift of interpretation. If I said that in, in a language that nobody here knows, what would have happened after I said that? Nothing. You're going to turn to your neighbor as, he needed more sleep from the trip from India. <laughs> so watch this. No person in the congregation can say amen unless they what? Understand what was just being said. So what is Paul saying by that? Paul's conclusion is there is a place for prayer and worship that is direct expression in tongues. But it should be done alone. It should be done never with unbelievers, those uninformed about the gift of the tongues. There should be a place where it's best to pray, sing, and worship in a way that the intellect is the vehicle of that praise. Now we come to verse 18 again. We already read it, but I want you to see it again. So Paul is emphasizing the balance and the need and the benefits of, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. This isn't new to Christianity. Look what Jesus said in Mark 16. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. I'll speak about that in a moment. They will speak in new tongues. When I was talking with Dr. KP in the Gospel for Asia, I was teaching 425 students. When they go to a village, and I said, how in the world? You go to a village, a thousand people, they're Hindu, they don't believe in God, probably never even heard of God, never heard of Jesus for sure. How in the world does a church get started? There's no other church. They're just Hindus. He said, usually it started Because there's demons in many of the people and children. And once the demon is cast out, these people realize, I'm a different person. How did that happen? And then they explain to them, there's a power greater than Satan and evil doctrine. And his name is God. And had a son named Jesus. And the one that just freed you from the demon was Jesus. Because greater is he than that person that was binding you and possessing you. In today's message, Pastor Mark continued to teach about the important role of the gift of speaking in tongues. In the message today, Pastor Mark continued to teach about the important role the gift of speaking in tongues should play in a Christ follower's life. He found out that this was kind of a normal thing for the first Christians, and that when used properly, it was a great aid in their spiritual lives. Pastor Mark also explained what the gift of prophecy is and how it's used as well. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish off his teaching Tongues and Prophecy. You'll learn more about incorporating the gifts of tongues into your prayer life. You'll be reminded about the importance of being willing to do whatever God wants you to do. Pastor Mark will also be talking about the proper place of these gifts, what the abuse of the gifts look like. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, People, Problems, and Practical Helps. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a herd